All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. Hello, Nate. And Nate Johnstone. And we were talking about government mm-hmm. last time, and we were specifically talking about in First uh, Timothy 2, where Paul says, first of all, pray, and then also pray. And after you've done that, you should pray, and then you should give thanks to God for your leaders. Um, he was pretty emphatic that that's the number one thing we need to do in regards to government and in regards to the leaders that are in authority over us is to pray for them. And in Paul's context, he's talking to Timothy and their church about people who they, they didn't vote for. They, they're, they're the leaders, whether you like them or not. Mm-hmm. They're the people, whether you voted for them or not, because they didn't vote, whether you wanted them or not. I mean, there were probably a few Roman citizens there. And they, they voted for their senators, but governors were appointed and uh, army was appointed and all that. Most of the, most of the government was appointed. Um, and so whether you like them or not, Paul says, pray, 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 and pray, and also give thanks. Um, and we talked last week about how that's not often how we respond. Mm. We respond with many other things. Mm. Paul doesn't say don't vote, but he doesn't say, all right, if you want to live at peace with everybody, here's what you do. You make sure you vote. You make sure you talk to people about the issues that are important so that they vote. Then you lobby, then you canvas, then you raise a bunch of money so that you can get the idiots out of there and put good godly people in charge. Paul doesn't say or even hint to any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all of that stuff is bad. I'm just saying that's not what the Bible urges us to do. And so if we are going to, in my opinion, if we're going to even consider doing that stuff, we have to for sure be praying a lot. And I I preached on this a couple of weeks ago. If we were to take just half the amount of time we spend reading, talking, listening about politics and all that kind of stuff, if we spent even half that much time praying, we would see actual change. And we would see a real difference and we would see God move. Because that prayer is so much more powerful than the work of men. And he gives the reason for doing it, the purpose in it, that we may live peaceable and quiet lives. We don't have peaceable and quiet lives now. Very much not. And so we need prayer. That's the bottom line. We need prayer more than anything else. If we do anything anything else. else, we need, first of all, to pray. And I'm not saying I've done that. I'm not saying that I'm not preaching this because I've been a good example. I confess that I haven't. I want to change. I want to lead our people at Lydia Mm -hmm. House to do this more. And I trust that this message will get out to pastor friends and that they will take this on because we need a change right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not vague. The Bible is not vague on what we need to do if we want to live peaceably with everybody. The answer is... We pray, pray, and pray, and keep praying for our leaders. Mm-hmm. Not just that God will change them and make them better and all that kind of stuff. Pray for them. Pray for their well-being. Pray that God will bless them. Pray that he will move in them. Bring them to him if they're not Christians. Pray for them and honestly care about them. Um, and I don't see a ton of that from Christians. I, I see Christians focusing more on the democracy of America than they are focusing on the biblical approach to government. Yeah. Speaking of the biblical approach, what else are we supposed to do besides pray? Good point. That was number one. Second thing, we support government with taxes. Mm-hmm. Yuck. And we, we know <laughs> we know <laughs> the passage well. We know the quote. 
what Jesus said. He said, okay, they thought they had him trapped. And Jesus said, show me a coin. Who's, whose picture on it? Caesar's. Okay, give to Caesar. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. And he was saying that to Pharisees who hated the Romans. Mm -hmm. And they were shocked. He answered, and so he, he shut their mouths because they thought they had him either way, whichever way he went. He went both ways. And he gave legitimacy to a Roman government. Ouch. And they did not like that. No. Peter did not like that. Simon the Zealot did not like that. But they learned to like it because I'm Peter then... Judas didn't like it at all. No, no. Yeah. They came to understand that. So Peter says similarly to Paul in 1 Peter 2, how we relate to government. And we'll talk about that in point number three. So Peter got it eventually, but this was not an easy thing for them to hear. But he, the Pharisees, they lost big on this one. Yeah, and they were trying to, obviously they were trying to trap Jesus. Yeah. Because if they got Jesus to say, which they fully expected him to say, no, don't, don't pay, this guy is evil. Yeah. This guy, the, this emperor is straight up evil, godless pagan. Do not give him money and do not support that horrible system. And what would, right? they, what would they have done then? Well, if, if, if they were like, hey, Roman governor, just FYI, you know, there's this guy. He's become a very, very popular among the, the people. Rome was always a little suspect of the people. Mm -hmm. Because even though the people voted them in, the people were not to be trusted overall. And so if he was rousing the people to stop paying taxes, arrest immediately. Mm -hmm. And probably, you know, most people who got arrested for, for that sort of thing, that was considered treason against the Roman government. So it did not end well for those people. Um, and so they were hoping to trap Jesus and get him arrested and get him out of their hair. Let's get the Romans to do our dirty work for us. Sure. It's a great plan. I mean, evil, yeah. evil plan, but a great plan. Um, and Jesus, this didn't work. Jesus, I can't, I can't imagine anyone wasn't shocked. At his answer. Whose image is on this coin? Caesar's. Okay. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And give to God what is God's. Well, the image of Caesar is here. What's the image of God? Us. And so he was doing a teaching point in that. But there was also something very specific about government. And you got to understand in that context, the taxes that these people were paying were going to support their own oppression. They were saying, here is money so that you can pay these soldiers to bully us and beat us and rape our women and kill us if we get out of line. Really? We're supposed to pay money so that that can happen more efficiently? How about, no, how about we don't pay that? <laughs> Nobody expected Jesus to say yes here. This is an <laughs> oppressed system. We are not oppressed like they were. <laughs> and Jesus says, no, just pay them. It doesn't matter. Wow. Wow. Shocker. And I, I still dislike that response, to be perfectly frank. I don't want to be paying taxes, not only because I think they're taking too much money, but because some of that tax money goes to things that are, to me, to me completely unbiblical mm -hmm. and ungodly. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says you got to do it anyway. Yeah. Very interesting. So he's, he, he turns the tables on people who expect him to do something when it comes to government. Um, almost on every occasion, mm -hmm. we expect him to say, 
All right, this is the political party I approve of as your God, and I will rubber stamp them, and I will make sure they get an office, and everything will go great. And he's not even playing the same game. My kingdom is not of this world. He's over here saying, look at this vine. Mm -hmm. no, don't look at the... Jesus, look at the election. That's what's important. No, consider the vine. What? <laughs> we want him to play our games. We want him to come down to our level and bless our stuff and do what we want. We want a God in our own image. Mm -hmm. And over and over and over again, Jesus is saying, render to God what is God's. You are in my image, not the other way around. You are in my image. So why don't you try to get your heads up here where I am, mm -hmm. <laughs> rather than me coming down to you. Because they, they expected their Messiah to take over the government, mm -hmm. kick out Caesar, maybe even take over the whole Roman Empire, I don't know. Um, and he, that wasn't on the radar at all for Jesus. Yeah. And there are words that speak to that, but it's not in this age, but in the coming age. The government will yes. be upon, yes. will be yep, will upon be. his shoulder. So there, there was, the Messiah would in some way rule. So they saw that coming. Yep. But not in this age. Yes. Well. Shall we try number three? Yeah, let's let's move on. Okay. And here's another, it's a tough one, but uh, both Peter and Paul speak about how we relate to government, and the word in the Greek is hupotasso, to station yourself under. We say the word submit, that's the way it's translated. We submit to government. He, he used other examples of submission, like employee to employer, uh, congregation to elders, leaders. So they understood that word, to position yourself under. And again, that, that was hard for them to see mm -hmm. themselves stationing themselves under a government that was corrupt. But that government was also uh, given to keep the peace. And where peace reigned, as we know from Paul and Peter, they were able to preach the gospel. Yes. And I'm guessing Romans 13 is one of the, the passages you're thinking about. Yep. Um, for those of you who haven't read it recently, I highly recommend you read Romans 13. Um, I'm going to read some of it here. Sure. And um, I'll read the first Peter one. Especially right now in our day with all the things that's going on. I think we have to pay attention to this passage and see what it means and what it doesn't mean. And I think it is just as surprising to me today to read this as I think it was for them to read this. Mm -hmm. It is just as surprising mm -hmm. because being an American and the, the legacy of rebellion that we all have, I would expect the God made in my image to say, rebel all the time and do what you think is right and follow that and fight for that. Mm -hmm. um, and he says the exact opposite. And that rubs against mm -hmm. the ingrained kind of American patriotism that's in me. Um, but it would be even just as surprising to Paul's audience. Paul is most likely writing this from prison. Um, he is going to be executed by the emperor that he's talking about here, because we know what happens next, right? So he's gonna be executed by this guy. And he says in Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Subject to means 
like you were saying, obey, you're under them. Um, for there is no authority that exists except from God, which is a very interesting and amazing statement. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. There uses a different word, appointed. So it uses multiple words here. Um, instituted, appointed. And those who resist, those who resist the authorities are under judgment. Or incur judgment, it says here. Yeah, and I really version. like the next part. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of him who is an authority? Then do what is good, and you'll receive his approval. For he is God's servant. That's a pretty strong statement. Yeah, it is. He is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. We are not called to bear the sword. And the word there for the sword is the sword of execution. Mm -hmm. It's the executioner's sword. And it says, so he does not bear that in vain, without reason. He is the servant of God to execute his wrath on the wrongdoer. We need that today. Mm -hmm. We need wrath against the wrongdoer. And I think the church in Rome would not have liked this chapter mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Because at that time they were being persecuted, not as heavily as they would be persecuted in, in a fairly short amount of time, but they were being persecuted. And the emperor was just straight up evil. And the society was, was straight up evil. And I've talked about the, the first century Roman society quite a bit on the podcast. But I mean, I think people would have read this and been like, what? I think they read this and reread it and reread it and reread it and reread it. He, he cannot possibly be saying what it looks like he's saying. It, he can't be saying we should submit to these people. Mm -hmm. they're, they're killing us. We're being eaten by lions. Marcus just got eaten by a lion with his kids in the arena. You can't be saying we should obey these people. You can't be calling this guy God's servant. This guy's the worst. Like Nero used to light Christians on fire as little Christ candles in his outdoor orgies and dinner parties. Burning alive Christians, acting like torches. That's the guy that Paul is talking about. And he calls him God's servant. It's... It's astounding. And we could, we could really talk about this for quite a while and get into like, what does he mean by that? Um, and I think part of what he means is that in general, you need to have a sheriff or you need to have someone providing law and order so that evil is punished and good is rewarded or good is allowed to thrive when evil is punished. And Rome was very orderly. They did some good stuff. Roads were good. Aqueducts were good. Sanitation was good. Medicine was better than it had ever, ha had ever been. From a civic point of view, Rome was a great place to live. And there was no better place to live than the city of Rome from that point of view. And so he did do a lot of good stuff. But he also did a lot of beyond evil stuff. Sure. Beyond evil. And so I think people who were being oppressed by these people right now would have read this and been like, Oh, that is a hard one, Paul. You're telling me to turn the other cheek? I'd rather cut their ear off with a sword, like Peter did. And that's another time. You're like, really? This seems like a good time for swords. Mm -hmm. 
they're coming to arrest you. Let's fight. Let's fight. Fight to protect Jesus. Seems appropriate, right? No. Not at all. Jesus stops Peter. He heals the soldier whose ear got cut off. And so over and over and over again, Jesus does what we don't expect in relation, in, in relation to severe oppression, opposition, and even evil. And he always calls us to submit and, and to Peter, be peaceful and to... His, Paul's idea of a good example is a Christian who is submitting to God, turning the other cheek, walking a second mile, when the Roman soldier says, Hey you, carry all my stuff for a whole mile. But I gotta go make dinner. I don't care, carry it. By law, you had to carry it a full mile. And people were probably like, can we not do that? We don't have to do that, right? That's clearly terrible and oppressive. And Jesus said, yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's pretty oppressive. You should probably go two miles, though, instead of one. What? What? And that is the way of God. It is so opposite of what we think. It's opposite of this earthly mentality of, of conflict. And some of those toughs were coming to Jesus when Paul got chained together with them in prison. Yep. Because it was becoming known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard, it says in Philippians mm -hmm. 1. And to all the rest, that my imprisonment is because of, because of Christ. And so word was getting out. You know, what do you do when you're, when you're sitting there with Paul for four hours? Sooner or later, the gospel is going to come out. He's going to be preaching it until you punch him so much that he can't open his mouth anymore. Yeah. Which they probably sometimes did, but it didn't always work. Or God healed him or something. And then, of course, there's times they're singing praises in, in the prison. And Paul, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen. He was a citizen of that republic. It wasn't a democracy, but it was a republic. Um, not similar to ours in a lot of ways. Um, but he didn't use that as nearly as often as I would have. Mm -hmm. As soon as they start trying to stone or whip me, I'd be like, uh, I, I'm a citizen. You actually can't do that. I, I, I deserve a fair trial before you beat me. He almost never did till afterward. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you might want to bring me to a hospital because you're in trouble. I'm a Roman citizen, and you didn't give me a fair trial, and you almost killed me. <laughs> and they freak out. Why didn't he use that earlier? The Holy Spirit must have told him not to. Submit, even to a beating, even to a stoning, even to a whipping. Man, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, what God asks of us, what Jesus asks of us, is really tough. <laughs> and it, to me, it goes against my... American kind of nature of what I would expect us to be have full authority to do and he's like no it's interesting to me that when we read Peter he finally got it and so he says the same thing the guy who cut off Paul, the guy's ear yes yeah <laughs> the guy who carried the sword in fact Jesus had talked early in the evening about we have do mm -hmm. we have a sword long yeah we got one okay that's enough so he was thinking well he mentioned it let's use it wrong. So here's Peter in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Beloved, I beseech you. No, I'm sorry. There, it's the next uh, 13th verse. 1 Peter 2, 13. Be subject, same word, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. There it is. Who was the emperor? 
Was would Nero, Nero have been at this time? Because yeah. I know there were two of them in the sixth uh, in the century. Uh, um, I'd have to look decade. at the specific date of when the letter yeah. was written, but I'm guessing he's talking about Nero. Okay, or to governors as sent by him. I love this to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. Purpose of government: encourage people who are doing well and to get get at people who are doing wrong, so that. We can live at peace at all times, as yes. I was saying prior. Yes, yes, yes. So we can't squirm out from underneath it. No. There was an exception for Paul to say it, because Peter came alongside of him. Mm -hmm. And then he says a few verses later, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. You ready for this? Honor the emperor. Ick. Gross. Honor. The emperor was a god. He was expected to be worshipped as a god. Paul was told to worship the emperor and he refused, much like Daniel had. So, I mean, this is not a guy you would expect Peter to say, by the way, honor the emperor. What if the emperor is terrible? What if the emperor is evil? What if the president is terrible, Paul? What if we think the president is awful and is going against God and just a terrible, terrible person? Do we still have to honor him? Yes. Ouch. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree with him, of no. course. But it does mean we have to honor those in authority. And, and the Bible brings this up so many times. There's really no escaping it. But it doesn't make it any less surprising. <laughs> well, God exercises his authority in the earth through human government. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. He, he exercises authority through government. So, we Which is why good government is so important. Yes, that's why we pray. We pray for good government. We pray for our leaders, but we also pray that when there's an election, like there is you know, in the very near future, we pray that good, good godly people get voted in. Because good government is so important. It affects yeah. people's lives to an incredibly large degree. And so when we're talking about this stuff, folks, we are not trying to say we should be Amish and move out of government and out of society and become, you know, people who are totally set apart. That's not what we're saying. That's not what the Bible says. Um, I, I think we should be involved. We should vote and we should pray a lot more than we are for our leaders and for the next leaders. Because good government is absolutely incredibly important but we still need to submit we still need to obey even if we think the laws are dumb um and it says to honor them even when they're terrible people and i depending on when you're listening to this this might be old news or something very different may have happened by now but um at the moment president trump has coronavirus and the first lady and a number of other people in the administration and I have been aghast at social media the last few days of people saying, amen, praise God. Another guy said, oh, finally, there is a God. Maybe this guy will die before the election starts. They're actually wanting him to die. They're wanting him to suffer. And they're saying it. Tons, like millions, tons of people. And obviously that doesn't fall under the category of biblically honoring our leader, wishing for their death. That is the exact opposite. Um, and I see, especially on the left, I see left Christians and left non-Christians 
being like, whoa, we're no, because the left, a Christian can't go there. You can't wish for the death of, of your leader like that, because no matter what you think of Trump, you know, he's not Hitler. You know, he's not a Kim. Um, so even if you think he's pretty bad, he's not a mass murderer in that sense. And so we do have to honor him. We certainly don't wish for his death and praise the virus for trying to take him out and all that kind of stuff. That is, that is insanity. It's, it's, it's horrible. Um, even if it's the person, even if you honestly don't like him or if it's a different president or governor you really don't like or whatever, you still honor them. You still pray for them. The Bible is really clear because Nero really was the worst. Yeah. And even Peter who also got killed by the emperor, mm -hmm. said honor him. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Well, I think we should continue this next week. And there may be some even more surprising, surprising things that Jesus says about government. Let's, <laughs> let's pray. Yeah. <clears throat> we talked about this last week. And Father, I pray that you would stir in people's hearts to obey 1 Timothy 2 and to pray. I pray that we would also recognize our need to submit, to place ourselves under government, regardless of that person that's over us, our mayor, our governor, our president, our Congress, regardless of whether we agree with everything he or she does, or not, that we uh, submit to them, that we pray for them, that we honor them. Mm -hmm. We thank you for good government. Yes. And we pray that you would give good government to America. Mm -hmm. We pray in this season for a quelling of the rioting, mm -hmm. the destruction. We pray for a turnaround, a revival of common sense and decency and abiding by the law. We know that the government will one day be upon his shoulders. We look forward to that. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we thank you for the government that you have given to us. We pray in his name, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.